Pro. Wait, your face. Pro. Look at me. Pro. <laughs> what are you drinking? Wow. Fancy. A, pig. a Moscow mule in a can. Oh, I was, gonna, I was looking for those today. Are they any good? Cheers. You have to add a little lime, but they're, uh, they're, they're tasty. It looks refreshing. It does. I was actually looking for that. Do you want some? Sure. I do. <laughs> Let me get my virtual straw. <laughs> we don't have a fancy mic like you do. This is, I know you guys look like pilots. This is our mic. <laughs> <laughs> it's our job, bro. I paid for it's cool because I have my pajama pants on. <laughs> That's cool. Got a fancy mic, but some pajama pants. Well, it's good because we don't have any pants on under. <laughs> Is that no, speak for yourself. Can you grab that can? Yeah, of course I can grab that can. I want to show this is this is the one I'm drinking. Oh, yeah, so let's, mm. let's kick it off. So this is our brown. So I'm rocking the, the Glen Rothus. Glen Rothus. Which is a space Another name for single scrotum. malt. <laughs> well, the, the bottle kind of, you know. Fancy. 12-year-old, 40% product of Scotland. <laughs> what about your wife? What's your brown? A vodka mule in a can. Beer in a can. <laughs> it's uh, it's cocktail in a can, but the can itself is Classy brown. Girl right so here. we are staying on brand. Classy girl. <laughs> What about right. you? Tell them what we got. We, we, the best from are, we are drinking cheap wine tonight. Cheap Pinot. Mm -hmm. Pinot Noir. Noir. $9 a bottle. Mm -hmm. We've had to come down. Here's the problem with wine is that we always feel like we should have at least a couple bottles in the house in case somebody comes over. But the problem is when there's a couple bottles in the house, we drink, we drink them. them. <laughs> and nobody, nobody's coming over right now. Yeah, no. <laughs> I got four models like two, like days, two ago, days ago and they're gone. I think and that's classified a as a problem. <laughs> so we have four entrepreneurial business-minded people here. And I know we'll get into the good stuff towards later on in the episode. How are things going? Like we, we talked about this the other night, but now we have our, our special lady friends here. We were talking about how there is difficulty for us trying to get the kids motivated all day. Now we don't have built-in childcare. So we struggle with it on a regular basis. But do you guys have issues with finding the amount of content for for your little lady? Or at some point, did you just give up? <laughs> I don't even think we tried. No, I, I mean, I, I know I answered this the other day, but I, I think we try to our best to limit screen time yeah. as we can. Mm -hmm as we can and that's about it you know my, my mom's here with us right so he's downstairs while we're up here working and I just kind of leave it up to my mom to see what she wants to do and it ends up being Spongebob whatever she wants to watch on tv she'll ask for the ipad when she gets bored and I I lock the youtube and so then she's limited to abc mouse and noggin Mm -hmm. And then Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, she has her Zoom call with her teachers for about 20 minutes. And then they give us some kind of activity like a picnic in the afternoon or look in the house for something green and send pictures back. <laughs> and then, you know, stuff like, I mean, he's four, so it's preschool stuff. But, you know, when I was growing up, I didn't go to preschool. I went to like kindergarten. My mom did the same thing that I guess I'm doing with is she left me with my grandma and my grandma just let me do whatever I wanted. You turned out okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I think so. 
I did too, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not that worried about it or stressed about it. You know, I try to limit it as much as I can and uh, that I'm not trying to go crazy over trying to plan every hour on the hour about what she should be doing and learning. I'm just- Say, so what about you guys? Yeah, our little guy, same thing. We don't even have Zoom for him. Yeah, I think we're- Nothing. We're failing I mean, miserably in that department. Uh, ABC Mouse <laughs> and- Which she'll tolerate for an hour at a time. Or Storyline Online. Mm-hmm. That's, That's a good right. one. Um, we tried. Yeah. Uh, we tried Varsity Tutors, which was doing free content. Uh, you signed him up for Noggin. Um, he was doing okay with his workbooks for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's doing a lot of drawing on his own and wants to make pictures all the time. Well, that's cool. I'll give him ABC Mouse, and somehow it gets unlocked, and then there's Peppa Pig on. Or... Yeah, I'm watching Peppa Pig on YouTube. <laughs> yep. and... Uh, dinosaur train or some other dinosaur show. It's PBS. So. And then he'll have his headset on and all of a sudden you're here, like him cracking up laughing. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of fun. Gives it away. The other one, the older one, he's got uh, Monday through Thursday, a Zoom call, 10 o'clock. And then he has to do reading online. And then he has to do a quiz, you know, answer some questions. And then he has math, he has writing, and then a special at the end of the day, either PE or art or band. Cool. Yeah. It's fun to see his teacher deal with having to embrace technology in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's still figuring out how to share the screen. She's still figuring out how to mute some of the kids and, and they'll get on each other. So-and-so you're on, you're not muted. Yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes all day. Funny with eight year olds, right? Yeah. It, it takes an amazing amount of patience. And I think she is an absolute professional with how she handles these kids, but she does go through some form of curriculum. She does get them to engage. She likes to use hand signals, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down. Pretty good about getting them to wait to ask questions, which I don't know that I would be able to do that in a Zoom call with 25 kids. Mm-hmm. But then after that, we try and get his band or his PE in. We try and get his reading, his writing, and his arithmetic. Yeah, they use so many different programs. We have it all set up on his uh, Chromebook, but um, like six tabs open. It takes all day to get it done. I think it's I think it's very hard for the teachers. This has kind of thrown her completely for a loop. Like the yeah. online learning, mm-hmm. she's done a great job. Even if you have a kind of this socially distant analytical view of things, somebody that has that passionate about their job, that they want to do it, that they're willing to make shit. You have yeah. to know that right now, not having kids in their class is going to be killing Well, they're, constantly, yeah. they're yep. constantly listening all the time to feedback and what they're hearing from each student and, and, and seeing where they're at and what level that they're at. And that's how they kind of grade, mm-hmm. you know, and they're not, they're not with the students to be able to see how they're progressing or what right. they're doing. So it makes it very difficult to see where they're at and what they should be assigned and what. Yeah, our our younger one's school is still open. So obviously he's he's been. Well, we were talking about that today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to. Yeah, like you take guys have you that. guys have a branch down there, right? Yeah, yeah. We do really there. close. Really mm-hmm. close. They from I'm what I remember seeing is not all the time, but occasionally you run into routines where you drop off and pick up at the same time. Mm-hmm. There were at least a handful. I would say six or seven different parents that came and went in scrubs. Hmm. So that yeah. lets me know that the school I mean, is open to take care of those first responders who are. I got to tell you, those are the, we were talking about that. We those were, are the we kind of people that, that they yeah. deserve childcare. Well, they like, have to have childcare. Yeah. So you know, I mean, 
some pre like preschool is an is an essential business. Yeah, and so whatever your feelings are on the yeah. schools closing, these people got to go to work. And they probably have a twelve or a six. And we shift. we want them at work. Yeah, like we yes. need those people at work. Mm -hmm. There's a force majeure clause in every contract that says an act of God or a natural disaster voids requirements. Mm. So as far as I remember from the contract, they can still charge us tuition even though we're not bringing. Uh, our youngest in yeah but they wouldn't because they don't want the political fallout you, you they're just, smart there are schools that are doing it though they're that smart. are still charging tuition huh? Are, you're not getting charged mm -mm. i'm surprised because schools that are i was just i was just speaking to someone who mm -hmm. is a preschool teacher mm -hmm. at a private school and they're doing zoom classes even for kids like our kids age the younger yeah. ones yeah. Is like yours, but like on a regular basis and doing now they're doing pre-recorded hmm. lessons mm -hmm. and the, the parents are paying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I got to tell you, you know what? I changed my credit card number. See yeah. you guys later. And then they, when this whole thing rolls out, we'll see how it, we'll see when we want to go or we're going to go. Yeah. You're not going to charge me. No freaking yeah. way. Yeah. Cause I'm just, not going to pay the same for a service that's different. Yeah. Couldn't you just pull your kid out and like, yeah. And you know them, what? I guess. Yeah. You know what? If if you don't have a spot when you come back, well, hey, that's the breaks. Good riddance. Well, yeah, well, good that's, riddance. there's good two riddance. differences there. There's this school is actually providing curriculum, which obviously I agree with you. I don't know if the rate has changed. Yeah, the rate, right? Like I'm not going to pay the same thing for a a half service, right? right? But then there's I've heard of schools where they're making people pay just to hold the spot. Mm, which is you know, I feel absolutely ridiculous yeah, like and I think that any teacher would probably agree mm -hmm. like even ones that I've consulted have said like they find that completely ridiculous. yeah I it's one of those things that they might actually make some money in the short term and the long term they're going to lose out mm -hmm. you don't want to be that person at the end of this that acted that way that that's my opinion did, did we tell you what the teachers did here so they um Dude, we were up here just upstairs and I heard like, dude, crazy, honking. like honking. Like, I mean, it was like, dude, what's going on outside? I, I think I texted Holly. About and this. Uh, yeah. yeah, we went downstairs and there's all these teachers had decorated their cars and it was like Mrs. Blah, blah, blah's fifth grade and Mrs. Blah, blah, blah's, you know, fourth grade, like just honking and they were driving through the neighborhoods in Gilbert between 50 and 60 cars, like in a concession or a, a procession. Mm -hmm. honking through the neighborhoods we miss you we miss you yeah it was just a really cool thing that the teachers did for the kids the next topic that i wanted to discuss entrepreneurship all of us have our own businesses here some of them <laughs> true more, more successful than others <laughs> some of them generating money <laughs> this is this right throw you some pennies at the curb <laughs> i wanted to have an Boom. honest conversation about the success what the misses have been doing because you are extremely successful and you lady general are also very successful not just in this enterprise but in previous enterprises so general and i can talk about this all day long but the reason that we wanted to get together to do this other than because we haven't seen you because of the quarantine is what's bootstrapping on a budget you didn't get venture capital you didn't have a lot of money to walk into this thing and yet you're thriving and your companies are growing respect what's your take on it it's really hard to wear a lot of hats um is one so when you're bootstrapping you've got to do everything you have to do sales you have to do marketing you have to do accounting all that stuff so that part 
can be really overwhelming because it's hard to figure out what takes priority. For me, priority has always been sales. Without sales, then you don't have any customers to serve. Right. Yeah. So you have so, no, you have no accounting. You have no. Mm-hmm. And it's uncomfortable. Always uncomfortable. Because every day I've got to be like, okay, which stranger should I call today and 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 ask them to do business with me? You mm-hmm. know, I have competitors also that have way more money, experience, and a bigger and better reputation. Only in this space. Mm-hmm. Not more experience in the sales space. I don't yeah. Think. So um, you know, <clears throat> it's overwhelming, and it's uncomfortable, but you know, one of the lessons that I learned is that when it gets really, really hard is the time to push forward and not to quit. And I kick myself every day for quitting. So this is our chance, my chance to redeem ourselves and, and make it. And I have had my biggest competitor cut their price, uh, and we'll see how it goes. So right now, my only focus is doing sales calling people, asking them to do business with me will probably end up cutting my price. Do more calling. You got to get scrappy. For me, it's a little bit different, I would say, uh, because I am not a salesperson. I've always focused my, I guess what you would say, selling based on relationships that I had and coming up with pricing, coming up with quotes, all that was very much new to me. And it was not something that was easy for me at all because I now have a handful of customers versus the opposite of what you're, you guys are trying to do, where I'm billing you know, mid-month for retainers, I'm billing end of month or weekly for hours and things like that. And I'm not really marketing because I'm not looking to add too many more customers because I'm acting as an extension of a lot of these teams. You run on a subscription service. So app. the mm-hmm. challenge is your subscription service is really based on a kind of an all-you-can-eat program where you give them certain metrics for them to measure you on. But then after that, it's basically whatever you need, call me and I'll take care of it. Biggest struggle for me is when I don't have regular communication with somebody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I only could do so much. So you're, you're dealing with a high value client who wants to try and make a name for themselves. While they do have brand name merchandise, they could rely on the market awareness of the products that they sell in their catalog, but they want to try and get by on this lean manufacturing efficiency process that they've branded. So you talk about a complete opposite effect from her two top clients. One wants to hide behind the manufacturers that they sell. The other wants to step in front of them and kind of take precedence in the mind of the consumers. The other part of our jobs is that we're all in somewhat creative endeavors where we constantly have to be thinking. Mm -hmm. And the Mm -hmm. best way to be creative in my experience is to do some kind of artificial boredom so that you can get the ideas going or you have to try and spitball off of somebody else, or really you just have to be alone with your thoughts to be able to come up with the next great idea in marketing and sales. If you had somebody that had some kind of homework that was routine, not to be labor accountants, but spreadsheets to me, or you plug in the formula, you click the corner of the cell and you drag it across a spreadsheet. What I'm wondering is the challenges of homeschooling for somebody that has routine tasks that they know how to do over and over again versus the challenge of trying to be creative with the eight-year-old that's always going, mommy, can you help me? It's like, nobody, figure it out. Yeah. We've had a ton of struggle with that especially when you're trying to be creative, you're trying to think outside the box and you're trying to write the rules of a process or a concept that has no precedent. Uh, I know we both struggle with it. Uh, Have you guys had the same kind of challenge? I got to tell you, dude, it's almost impossible. The only good thing 
is everybody else is going through it too, right? So you've got this new client. Basically what you're talking about is getting interrupted or the interruptions. Uh, and they're tough, dude. They're tough for anything, especially creative stuff. My job is majorly on content creation. Out of all of us, you need to be in a room by yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like constantly come up with new things, different things to remote. And it's, it's hard. Content is very limited. It's definitely a challenge. If you're not a self-starter and you have to work from home, then it's like, not an easy thing. Yeah. People think it's luxurious. So you do, just so you no. just said, it's not. It is not mm-hmm. easy. There's there's a lot of dress distractions at home too. The fridge, the TV, the bed, <laughs> <laughs> your, your the laundry, your <laughs> the laundry, the dishwasher. But, uh, to be honest, for me, I you know I thought okay, going to this new environment, I would be working out more. I uh-huh. would be, you know, able to catch up on other things. And I find myself that I sit in my seat, on my desk, uh-huh. and I don't leave. Yeah. I mean, I get up to go yeah. get something to eat for lunch, and then I'm right back there. So that's where the ear sweats happen. Yeah, that that is a pitfall of working from home. You see it in all the articles now that everybody seems to be doing it. They're finally understanding what it's like for regular remote workers in good times. And you don't actually leave your desk when it would seem like there's thousands of reasons to leave your desk. Mm-hmm. So at least we're we're ahead of the curve, right? We're used yeah. to it, but we have this other additional distraction that we're we're not used to, right? Which is That's critically important. Creating, yeah. I got something for you. Can't wait. You you can't wait. (laughs) Why, if you're willing to share, Mm -hmm. why did you leave the day job? And why did you go into business for yourself? Oh, man. (laughs) That one's easy. (laughs) One, for flexibility. I took on way too much work. A lot of it was work that I, it wasn't my passion. Um, Marketing's my my passion. And uh, it just became, it wasn't fun anymore. Company that I was working for became very corporate. In a sense, there was a lot of regionalization going on between being a mom and working full time. For me personally, I was pulled in way too many directions. I was commuting. I was an executive in an executive role. I had three departments reporting to me, which equals probably about 30 people under me. I was taken away from what I really love. I wanted to have flexibility to be home with my kids and not feel guilty about it. Do you regret it? I don't. No, I, don't. I wouldn't think so. Mm-hmm. No, I think the first year on my own was definitely a struggle. I missed that social interaction, collaboration with the team. The lady general became my team. <laughs> um, There's something to be said about an office environment. Yeah, It may not be efficient, but it's coping. You, you instantly kind of start doubting your skills. You, I started feeling like I stopped learning because being in a corporate environment, I feel like you're always constantly pushed to learn more because you need to stay on top of like the latest and greatest technology or tools, even just like strategic planning, which I took a lot of those skills now and I apply them to what I'm doing. And I think it helps with a lot of customers that I have because they can't necessarily, a lot of the businesses that I work with don't have the ability to hire someone at my level. Mm -hmm. So they can utilize me when they need me versus having someone as a full-time position. I definitely, I don't think, I don't regret it. And I, I think that family had to come first. That's why I ultimately made my move after 10 plus years of being in that. It's part of what I find very pleasantly surprising about your story is many people 
if you think about the, the success stories of people that struck out on their own, it's because they felt they hit a glass ceiling. Mm -hmm. and they said, I don't want to do this anymore. Yep. You didn't. You got promoted out of all the fun. Mm -hmm. My entrepreneurial journey started in 2004 and I was still working. And me and uh, this other girl, when we would look at a settlement statement on a, on a mortgage loan, we'd be like, dude, these notaries are making a lot of money. We should open up our own side business and make money too and work here at the same time. So we did that. <laughs> crazy girl we did it crazy and that's when i became that's a business awesome. owner and i was like man we're making money and we have paychecks this is awesome and then the mortgage meltdown happened right 2007 i got laid you off you didn't really have a choice i didn't have a choice well no here's what happened this 2007 is good, this is a good story so then i got laid off in 2007 from that mortgage company and then i was like oh my god what am i gonna do and then i got hired at washington mutual but when they closed washington mutual or like when that whole thing i didn't when that whole thing happened it I left Washington Mutual before that whole thing happened because I got offered another job that was going to pay me double what Washington Mutual was paying me. And so I quit the day before my first day at the new job, they closed shop. So I had quit my job at Washington Mutual mm -hmm. and I had no job to go to. Well, but the, the part of that story that I thought that was awesome that you yeah. didn't tell was we were sitting at Tom Hopkins in Phoenix yes. at, at the Princess. Yes. We were sitting and at like, sales training. And you got the- Hopkins, message. the sales guy? The sales uh, yes. guru? Mm -hmm. I've yeah. done his, we've done his boot camp, what, five times? Five times, yeah. Um, but we were, yeah. But we were, we're sitting there and you got the word that you had no job yeah. while we were sitting at sales yeah. training. Yeah. They said, you don't have a job to go to on Monday. And I was at sales training. <laughs> Sorry. And, and I was like- But at sales training, we paid for. Yeah, it's sales training that we paid for out of our own pocket. And then I was like, okay, so like now I have to like really sell. You know, the signing service was always a side hustle in the very beginning until yeah. I had no job and then it had to be the it primary. Was like, what are you going to do? So, but then after that, you know, I, I, I grew to love being an entrepreneur and solely having to just focus on my own business. And then we closed that and I was like, okay, it's time to get a job. So I picked mm -hmm. up a corporate sales job uh, for an electrical distributor, number one in, in, in North America, $6 billion company. And then I had a real experience on what it was like to sell, to be a corporate professional salesperson. And they owned me, like owned me. It was like square peg, round hole. And I just didn't fit in because I was so used to calling my own shots, doing what I wanted to do, mm -hmm. being to be able to be creative and how I wanted to sell and what I wanted to sell. And they and I couldn't do that, obviously, in a corporate setting. And then they also kept trying to throw modules at me. I don't know if you had to do modules or that training, but I had to do like a lot, a lot of training stuff that had nothing to do with my job. So it was like I had to sell. I had this um, quota that was unrealistic and I had to always do training. Yes. And I was just like, I'm over it. And then so well, and then you had a psycho boss. But I had a psycho boss, too. It actually was. Like, and then I got pregnant. Was... So to, you know. <laughs> to um to identify with you you get pregnant all right and then you have a baby and then, and then and <laughs> then <laughs> we have to talk about the birds and the bees <laughs> all i know is it's a lot of fun <laughs> but then it's probably the best hangover out. anybody will ever have is children <laughs> so then this this thing comes into your life and then and then it becomes yep. your everything yep so having a corporate job while trying to raise a child very hard and i you've so, done a fantastic job thank you fantastic it, it's you've I'm done fine. nothing i'm done <laughs> not you not you i'm talking
I'm sure you know who you're okay. pointing to. The way, no, the way you said it was <laughs> a fantastic job. And so that brings me back. That was a little, and so that. I just thought it was fun. I got pregnant. I got, I just, I got the flu. I just, just got the flu. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> it just happened. It happened. It's miraculous. <laughs> you touched her finger and it just came, it just got there. <laughs> It's a good thing there's no video on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you could put it. It would make it even funnier. What the no I will, I will save the video just for YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's what happened. I, I wanted more flexibility. I didn't want a boss. I didn't want, honestly, I really just don't like telling me, people telling me what to do. Whether or not you two realize it, you gave some very precious nuggets tonight about what it is to start a business mm. for whatever reason. And whatever gender or whatever economic strata you are and for whatever type of environment you're in whether it be sales marketing or any industry it's yeah. critical right now as big companies get bigger and the gig economy starts stripping out nine to five jobs of benefits as yeah. things evolve you two are a shining example of what it means to strike out on your own and actually do something so that was that was a, a very illuminating discussion on that topic one left out of free will one left out of necessity mm -hmm. both of you are thriving and your business is growing particularly in a time when it probably isn't like many many other businesses that are out there you don't quit that's how you that's how you succeed you don't quit yeah you don't quit you don't quit i want to take a moment to thank you for listening to bottle of brown my hope is that you were enjoying listening to it as much as we enjoyed making it you can email us here at the podcast at bottleofbrown at gmail.com to submit content ideas, new browns for us to check out if you're interested in advertising or to correct anything we reference incorrectly. We are drinking after all. You can also find us on Instagram and LinkedIn. You can find those links to social media on bottleofbrown.com. During this time of COVID, I want you to know that I appreciate you as a listener and I'm very happy to have you as a part of the Bob community. Uh, okay, so here's a, here's a fun one. You got some time. Let's talk about how we can make the car a business asset. Well, the way the way I describe it is we buy the car. Uh -huh. we, we as a family, we buy the car. It's our asset. Use the car for regular family activities. And then we loan the car to our business and our business pays us back. One of the things that we found out is that you don't drive so much. Yeah. And actually at least even even we could have done a lower mileage lease yeah and been totally fine totally yep you have one vehicle that you uh do the road trips in and do the family stuff in and you're like i own that vehicle mm -hmm. i'm gonna drive it for whatever and the other one dude i don't know pick something fancy oh hey we're gonna put you on our marketing drip by the way that we just got made okay and you can tell us it's not so good <laughs> <laughs> do it you can find all the grammar and spelling errors. You're going to get all the assessor no. emails. You should let me read it beforehand. Yeah, I know. Wait, I know, but you're so busy. And you're super high end. We can't afford you. Mm -hmm. I don't want you don't have to pay me. <laughs> just bring more well, wine next time you come. So you stumbled okay. on a topic that was not on my agenda, but the idea of friends who are skilled in certain areas. Like I, I don't understand sales as well as the two of you do. So I lean no, on agenda either. quite a bit. <laughs> That's clear. But I understand marketing and storytelling very well. Mm -hmm. so you actually general, are a fantastic. The general story. will yeah. lean on me fantastic. for storytelling skills or perspective. And this mm -hmm. one over here is a fantastic communicator. 
So whenever I want to figure out how to compose my story or what I think people will gravitate towards, mm -hmm. I ask for help. Or graphics, layout. Especially graphics and layout, yeah. But in, in what we refer to loosely as the gig economy, when people are trying to come up with outside of your day job stuff, you have to lean yep. on each other. Mm -hmm. It's critical. Here, here's the thing about this uh, social collaboration is for the people that had their industries killed first, mm -hmm. they're out of money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we talked talk about to, this. We talked to a local uh, Phoenix PD officer, and the basic consensus is unless it's serious, they don't care. Like they're not, they're not dedicating time for misdemeanors or petty crimes. And they're, they're just kind of, they're waiting for the big stuff to go after the big stuff because they don't want to deal with social distancing. Yep. And I'm sure that that's not isolated to Phoenix. I'm sure there's other police departments around the country that realize that social distancing requires this type of laxed environment. Mm -hmm. So if somebody goes into the only store that is open, which is probably fries, and everybody's in masks and everybody's running around. It's hectic. You know, they lift a few things and take it out of the store. We're in a nice area. I think you guys are in a fairly nice area, but there's some not so nice areas at Phoenix, just like every other city in this country. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> my, my take on it is they'll probably have to open up the local economy if any of those politicians want to keep their jobs. Public safety be damned. Well, you know, so, so here's an interesting one that, you know, I talked about, there's a lot of focus right now in Michigan and obviously got some roots there. Um, it, it is interesting if you are, uh, you mentioned it earlier, a gig worker and you have run out of money or another worker and you've run out of money yeah. and you're like, look, um, I get it. I could get sick but I don't have any money and I should have the right to work. It's an interesting other side to the story, right? I mean, if you're sitting idle in your house and you can't pay your bills and you want to personally make the decision to be like, dude, I need to work. I feel okay. Mm -hmm. <sighs> what do you tell that person? It's a very polarized subject, right? Where yeah, if, you can, if you can be. afford to, but if you can afford to be at home, right? And you can afford to go a little ways, you can afford and blah, 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 blah. If you can't, at some point you tell that person, sorry, dude, you can't work. So our, <clears throat> our parents are retired. So they work from home anyway. Our neighbors who we met tonight are retired. So they're working from home. So but we're not even, we're not using the, any of the parents because I don't know. I feel like there's just so many mixed feelings even though we've seen both sets of parents like every two weeks probably not mm -hmm. consistently by no means we have not used any of them like or exposed them because we're afraid you know because they don't yeah. live within our house you guys that you're the quarantine team right yeah. like you're yeah, all yeah. together <clears throat> uh, your mom's not going out shopping and doing all yeah. kinds of stuff on her own. If she goes anywhere, she's probably with you. Yeah. Um, and I'm more consistency. Yeah. I'm, I'm more concerned about, you know, I've had to go to the grocery. I'm the only one who's been out. Do you wear a mask? 
I do. Yeah. Me. Yeah. I didn't like it. I don't like it, but I do. Yeah. I don't either. I, and I, there's been times where I, I have not because I, I didn't have one at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I feel like personally, the more you go out, the more you see people with them on yeah, and yeah. not, but you I don't. still don't feel, I feel like I'm not, I'm trying to follow the pra- like best practices of what they tell you to do, but you're still kind of, you're touching the tar- the cart, you're touching a box. You're, I'm pulling the mask up from the outside to make sure it's covering my face. It's not a hundred percent. You know, you know, it's funny. My take on the mask <clears throat> My take, my take on the mask is it's actually for more for other people's protection than it is you. Well, that's, yes. yeah, that's it's, what it's for. It's, it's so that if you, if you accidentally spit or accidentally yeah. sneeze, it's not going out into the universe. So, yeah. right. so if for you societies that wear masks it, under normal conditions, that's exactly what it is. It's to protect other people from you. Yeah, right. exactly. Even, even right. with that, though, and this is not probably to this degree for, like, males, but, like, I'm not wearing gloves because they actually say gloves are not good, right? Yeah. Because I don't wear gloves. I don't wear them either. But, but what you're doing is you're reaching into your purse, you're getting mm-hmm. your wallet out, yeah. you're touching your keys, you're mm-hmm. potentially yeah. touching your cell phone. Yeah. You know, even though the carts are wiped down, you're still touching boxes that somebody else or cans or whatever it is somebody else has already touched. Do you guys Do you sanitize your um, groceries when you get home? We do. We do. No, it's- when I get out of the um, out of the parking lot, so be- like I get out, I take the freaking mask off. I can't wait to get it off, and then I like lather up with. Oh, I, I'm this. lathering up my hands, but yeah. And the steering wheel and my keys. Yes. Yep. Debit I card. Do, I do do the steering wheel. I do my keys. I've done my cell phone. Yep. Um, but I have not sanitized the boxes or any of the. I don't know. I feel like we're spending so much money on groceries. Like I, the other day I spent like three fifty or something. Like that. I feel like the same. Yeah, yeah our but, but our personal spending our, has gone yeah, down. Our personal has gone down. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's important point. So net spending has gone down because we may be up at the grocery store, but we're down everywhere else because nothing's open. Yep. Right. Yeah. And I, God damn it, gas is, dude. Gas, gas is a dollar so ninety nine, and nobody's driving anywhere. So cheap. Take a picture. Yeah. So you know what's funny? not going to stay this way. So you know what's funny? My, I talked to my grandfather today. I sent him some money for his birthday, and uh, he called me. He's like, oh, you don't have to do that. Uh, in Michigan, gas right now, $1.39. Wow. Yeah, $1.39. Like the national average is $1.50. Like Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And I'm like, God, I, why don't I have a giant storage tank right now? Right? So it's cheap. But I'm not driving anywhere. I was going to ask him. So he's doing 50 okay. Gallon drums. He's locked himself down and he's driving. Yeah, he drives driving. around. That's it. But you got a 50 gallon drum of gasoline in your backyard. That, that's a true. That's a true Phoenician right there. What? <laughs> Do it. Drum of gasoline. Yeah. yeah. Do it. In my bunker. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, how come you don't have the COVID-19 hair right now? Oh. <laughs> you weren't here we covered that. i've been cutting people's hair that's right she's been cutting hair and she's got a she's got a side gig as a stylist what i love it dude you could totally do the bowl cut i yes. tried i tried to do yours she one cut time. her dad's hair today and yeah. oh you did that's good 
Because it was like shaving a bowl. My parents like really came let it out go. for um, <laughs> like an hour. We sat outside. Uh-huh. You know. Are you, are you giving hugs? I want to hug somebody so bad. No. Hugging. No hugs. The kids gave them hugs, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. We, I feel like we broke some rules we here hug. and there. You hug. <laughs> I try to tell him, no, COVID-19. <laughs> we hug in private. Six, six feet away. Six feet away. <laughs> He's sleeping in the be- spare bedroom. I don't think right my now. aim is that good. I don't think I can hit six feet. I used to hit six feet in my twenties. Getting old now. We converted our uh, Pomeranian. Hey, Karma Dog. We converted her to a Chihuahua for the yeah, summer. I noticed that's a haircut, right? Yeah, there. seriously. Where are her cheeks? Where did she go? He's not happy, or he just woke up. Hello. Hello, Chihuahua dog. Number two. We did yeah. number two razor. Look at how little. Seriously, it got. looks like wow. a different dog. <laughs> yes, for real. Right? It's a Chihuahua. You know, that's what it is. Is people in the Midwest have to winterize, right? You got to ready for the winter. You got to make sure your pipes don't freeze. You got to put your boats away. You got to ready for no, the no, summer. No. Yeah. <laughs> I cut, dude, I cut her hair and I kid you not, I filled up a three gallon bucket full of hair. Yeah. I had to go to a number six and then to a number two. She looks smaller though. Look at how skinny she looks. Yeah. She's, she's, small. she's not a Pomeranian anymore. She I was going just like Kept shave my legs and lose like 30 pounds. Like <laughs> if, you, if you shave that, if you shave that tail, Chihuahua. No, I left the tail. We left Everything the tail. else is Chihuahua. Brave. Yeah. yeah, and this is like post one week. She's actually got a little bit extra here. You yeah. shaved off her self-esteem with it. I did. I did. Look at her. She's like, I'm a little bit afraid. I'm super pissed. Little guy's hair though, because she's got having a little She's bit mad. of stage fright. She's like, please, no cameras. I'm a dog. You're on a podcast. We're going to send it out to a million subscribers soon. <laughs> <laughs> What's your guys' favorite meal to cook right now? Hmm. I don't know. What's the question? What's our favorite meal to cook? Uh, spicy vegan. Oh, my God. Oh, are you still on Peppuccini the vegan? Are you guys still doing vegan? Uh, he's made three different things um, personally i like one of the three mm-hmm. which was like um a soup one of the four. that had sweet sweet potatoes in it mm-hmm. and it was good but i'm not a big fan of the other ones um i i actually have Where? been craving the salmon mm-hmm. just because it feels very healthy eating it yeah. yeah yeah it does when this thing clears up dude some fishing for sure and water skiing Yep. When do you think that's going to happen? This place is dead anyway, man. <laughs>